Hello everybody. How's it going? Uh, welcome to episode 10. We're into double figures. Episode 10 of podcasting with Callum Baird. And it's taken me... Uh, three months and a bit more to get to episode 10. Uh, I'll kind of explain or give some indication as to why that's the case as we as we amble on through this podcast. Um, but as you might have noticed, and you might be able to pick up with your sharp ear, I am outdoors today doing the podcast. Uh, it's a rare sunny summer's day in Scotland. Um, I'm in a public park. I'm in a park that is that is officially the park is officially called Lorry Park, um, named after the the owner of a quarry uh, where this park is situated back in the eighteen something or others, and um, the locals call it Quarry Park because it, obviously it was a quarry. Um, and we've got great imagination, so Quarry Park is kind of what, what you'd call it. But the there's a little plaque at the bottom end of the park, down down a slope, and there's a little plaque there, sort of explaining the um, the park, what it's about, the history of the place, uh, and it's it's named Laurie Park. But I've literally never heard anyone call it Laurie Park in my entire life. Um, so yeah, so it's called Quarry Park. Locals call it Quarry Park, not Laurie Park. Um, but anyway, so I'm sitting here today, I'm outdoors doing the podcast, and, oh, there's a wee boy having a cry to himself. I think his mates just ran away from him. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm at a, I'm at a local park, uh, I'm sitting on a bench, uh, and I used, to, I used to come here when I was younger, about, honestly, 12, between about 10 and 14 years ago. I'd come here and play football with my mates, and um, we'd be here at like all day. We'd meet at like uh, lunchtime or maybe a bit bit before, and we'd be here playing football until dinner time, like five hours of football. Uh, and I've only just noticed that it's maybe you know I've not played football here in about oh man ten year. Most of my mates were a bit older than me, so they all kind of got jobs around about the same time, because um, you could get, you can get a job here when you're 16. So they all kind of got jobs uh, around about the same time, and that was that. Like they just got as many hours as they could get, which is fair enough. Um, so we we kind of stopped playing football here, um, but used to come down here, and I've only just noticed that the goals that we used to play football into are at an odd height, uh, one end's higher up than the other, um, and they, I, I'm given to believe that when it's not COVID time that local football teams still play here, like boys clubs, so if you're shooting into this end, you've got a, you've got a great advantage, because the top right, as the goalkeeper standing facing the pitch, is further away from him than the bottom, than the top left, so if, if you're listening to this, and you're ever going to play football at Quarry Park, and you're at, you're at the end, uh, looking downhill, uh, into Fourth Valley, and aim for the top right corner because the goalie's got no chance. Um, so yeah, I used to come here years ago and play football, and I'm outdoors doing the podcast because it's a nice, sunny, lovely summer's day. There's um, people going about the business, uh, families, and and there's a, a an older couple walking around, uh, and uh, there's a couple of cyclists went past me a minute ago. Um, so it's a lovely little local local park, and where I'm sitting on the bench at the moment, <coughs> excuse me, where I'm sitting on the bench at the moment, is you can you can see right down into the Fourth Valley area. So right now, in my view, about five miles away from me, down the hill is um, the the Falkirk Kelpies, which is like a a giant. Google it. I, I'm not going to explain it. Um, the Falkirk Kelpies. It's a, it's a big. It's like a big statue or two big statues that are like um, mythical creatures that protect the waterways or something like that. And they've placed them at the the joining of the uh, Clyde Canal, I think it is, and the River Carron, where where they two meet. And um, 
So I'm looking down at the Forth Valley and I can see them and much further in the distance than that I can see the um the Oakle Hills over in the distance. Um Yeah, so over in the background we've got the the Oakle Hills, I think that's what they're called. I might be wrong, I really should have Googled that before I asserted that with some confidence. And um Yeah, it's just a stunning stunning view and I have a very vivid memory about yeah I have a very very vivid memory in case you haven't noticed I'm kind of pausing this because I can control it uh, like pause it and I'm just kind of pausing it when um, folk come past because I don't really want to pick up their passing conversations on the podcast um, so I have a very vivid memory of playing football here like <sighs> over 10 years ago surely and um, it was kind of a day like it been. It was a day like there was a week where it was like a day like today, warm, sunny, um, warm for Scotland. So we're talking like eighteen to twenty degrees, sunny, quite humid, and um, we'd be playing football. And then we came a, the next again day, and it was warm and sunny over this side of the River Forth, and then over the other side towards like Kincardine and the Oakle Hills. It was really cloudy, and you could see the rain like just lashing, lashing down on, on uh, over there. And we were standing watching it, and we were we were watching it, and you could hear like you could hear the thunder. It was like a definite thunderstorm happening over there. And because of the way we were standing, we were up on a hill, so you're literally looking down into the valley, into the bottom of the valley, um, and you're standing looking down the hill, and you could we just saw like them massive flash of lightning and it went straight down and it was so amazing because we're from our perspective it looked like we were above the clouds if you see what I mean it sounds I know that sounds a bit ridiculous but because of the way we were standing it looked like we were above the clouds looking down into the valley and uh, the lightning was just like whoa that was unbelievable yeah I had to so uh, yeah it was quite unbelievable I had to pause it again I uh, just there's a wee boy who who can't seem to make up his mind what he wants to do and he's quite upset and he was running my way and he was crying quite loudly um, so I paused it so I'm outside, I'm doing the podcast, I've got a lovely view I'm in a local park, it's very sunny um, it's very nice, you can hear the birds tweeting away, I'm on a bench although the bench is slightly um, slightly undermined by the fact that they haven't planted any nice flowers around about it, they've just kind of let let the land do its thing and the land has decided it's going to grow a fuckload of nettles uh, and thistles and things that would make you generally uncomfortable if you were to fall in into them. Um, so, if you're listening, Falkirk Council, please uh, do a bit of landscaping and get rid of these nettles um, and plant some flowers or something. Um, and, and and why am I outside? Why am I not in my house doing this podcast? I usually do the podcast in the house with Instagram Live. I take some questions on Instagram Live and um, I kind of fill the time time with that. Uh, I have a little like script of things written down or a little list of things I want to mention and then I take questions in the podcast off Instagram Live to, to uh, add a bit, a different perspective, add a different dimension. But... I'm not doing that today because obviously I'm outside and um, I'm uh, so I'm outside doing the podcast and I got a the reason I'm doing that is I got a Tascam oh what's the model DR05X portable hand recorder for my birthday which was about four weeks ago back on the 8th of June and um, I decided because it was a nice day and I wanted to do the podcast and I've been meaning to do the podcast for ages but things just keep getting in the way and despite it being locked down and despite us not supposed to be having much to do um, I've managed to be busy all the time either literally busy or just had my head busy with other stuff and not really having the like patience to do a podcast so um so I've decided to come outside and do it today uh, and take advantage of the nice weather and I've had a bit of a walk to get here and it's um, it's nice, I, I, I might do it, do it again, i do it a bit more um, 
we, we'll probably get about two or three more days of sun between now and October, so I'll maybe use them to come outside and do the podcast again. And um, we'll see how it, how it works. I, I actually recorded the podcast about two weeks ago down close to the Kelpies that I mentioned earlier, but it was, it was a really, really warm day that day. It was about 25 degrees, and in Scotland that's just not heard of. Um, so everybody decided they were going to come out for their exercise and their walk and, and uh, you know, fair enough. Uh, but it just wasn't conducive for doing a podcast, so I had to I had to scrap that idea. Uh, I've got it recorded, but it, it, I, honestly I paused it about 20 times um, as people walked past. At one point somebody started screaming because our mate had stolen our phone and was running away with it and they were having a, a proper meltdown and... Um, I think that was the nail in the coffin, but I kept going. I finished the podcast and I listened back to it, and I was just—I wasn't putting that out. So I'm doing it again, and um, I also wasn't quite happy with some of the stuff I talked about. I missed out a lot of stuff that I wanted to mention, and um, so I'm redoing it today. So I'm just going to kind of start off with a, a recap of some of the stuff I've been doing. Uh, I haven't done the podcast since. April, I think, like the 1st of April, um, so just kind of recap what I've been doing, and um, before I do that, you know, if you're, you're listening this far, um, let me know what you think about the uh, about it outside, let me know if you, if you like it, I, I want to try and do it just to get outside and do it a bit more, but if you're listening to this and me pausing it when somebody walks past, or you can hear traffic or you can hear the breeze or you know whatever uh, let me know um, I've got like a I probably look like from a distance I probably look like a like somebody talking into a can of deodorant with a sock on the end of it um, I've got I've got my mic sort of cover over the over the um, inputs um, to try and block the breeze I'm currently watching a swallow I think it's a swallow circling around the grass, obviously looking for some scran or trying to pick up some flies. Oh, there's two of them, and um, it's class. They're they're zipping around. Oh, jeez, that one came. One of them came up quite close to me that time. Uh, they're zipping around, uh, obviously trying to pick up flies or something that are on the grass. Um, maybe maybe on a couple of bees that are on the on the flowers. I don't know what they eat. Um, I'm not a swallow dietitian, so um, I'll maybe need to Google that or or not. Um, and um, and it's just generally a nicer. Um, it's just a nice aesthetic uh, watching these watching these creatures going about, and that's kind of the reason you I, I want to do it outside. Is um, tucked up in my house, and you know when I do it indoors, I have to I have to have my w- window shut, which you know even though it's Scotland and it's not particularly tropical, we do get really muggy, humid. Like atmosphere, air, uh, and having your window shut in the summer is just you don't do it. You need, I, well, for me anyway, I have to have it open. I like my window open all year round, to be honest. I like a nice, cool room, but anyway, uh, I prefer to have my window open. So, shutting it in the summer is just not an on starter because it's too warm. And I need to sort of soundproof my room a bit as well. So, that involves like probably closing the curtains a little bit because that stops some, any noise coming in from outside. Uh, or adds a bit of like you know um, insulation, and then I have to surround myself with pillows, and it's just generally not a pleasant atmosphere when it's like eighteen degrees outside, or it's eighty-five percent humidity or higher. Um, so coming outside, doing it is just a nice change, and sitting at a nice spot, just watching the world go by, a cracking view, um, watching little birds going around, noshing, um, and just appreciating the a change of scene as well from sitting staring at a wall talking into a sock or looking like I'm talking into a sock um so but yeah if you let me know what you think about this uh, um if when you if you listen to it what what do you think about me doing it outside um and do you want to hear more about the scenery that I'm surrounded by do you want to hear a bit more of the history of the area um or my connection to the area or or something like that um but I decided to come up here basically because it's just a it's a better it's a better spot than the Helix in Falkirk next to the Kelpies. It's quieter, even though I've had to pause it a couple of times. It's quieter, and I've got a better view. And uh, 
I'm generally just kind of not. I'm generally kind of just left alone. Um, not that people are coming out and hassling me at the helix, but you know what I mean. Like you can, if you're doing a podcast, you don't really want to get cyclists wasn't past you. You don't want somebody screaming at their mate because of nicked their phone. Um, whereas here, like I can hear we, I can hear a wood pigeon, I can hear a couple of crows. I've got swallows diving and ducking around, and I've got a really nice view. And um, it's a nice stroll back to where I've um, back to where I've parked my car as well. Uh, so yeah, I might I might come. This is probably where I'd come again if I was to do it again outside. Anyway, swiftly moving on, like one of those swallows. I'm just going to recap quickly some of the stuff I've been up to because um, when I started this podcast, I did say you know I probably wouldn't do it all the time. Things would get in the way. Um, it's not going to be possible, I might get busy, I might have work going on, but I didn't think it would take me three months to do another podcast, I'll be honest, I didn't think that would be the case when I started, so I'm going to try to go back to doing once a week, and um, and maybe maybe have it a bit shorter, like you know, half an hour, 20 minutes, this is probably going to be about an hour, maybe a bit longer than that, um, we'll just see. So what have I been up to during lockdown? I've been up to quite a lot. Um, I've been reading quite a lot of books. I've read three books now. Um, four books, actually, tell a lie. Um, which is about a book a month. Uh, and I've been been doing a couple of gigs as well. You might have seen if you... So I, know I post this, obviously, on SoundCloud, but I smash it around on, on social media, Instagram, Twitter. What's the other one? Facebook. Um, so I kind of smash that around. Um, so if you you might have seen me if, uh, posting about some of the gigs that I've got going on and I've done five live gigs so far I think or is it six now? I think five um, and the last was it the last one I did? or one of the last ones I did was um, for the Musicians Union's Hardship Fund and it was a joint fundraiser for the Musicians Union's Hardship Fund and the Cuba Solidarity Campaign's Emergency Appeal for Medical Supplies to raise money uh, for medical supplies to be sent to Cuba and uh, so I was taking donations from people that were watching, the, watching that gig it was on the 1st of May uh, and was given and all that all the money that was raised from that went to those two funds and about £200 from each um, organisation went uh, £200 went to each organisation so we raised about 400 quid in total um, and I got emails from the uh, from the MU in Cuba Solidarity, sort of, you know, thanking me. But um, and I, I did email all the people that made the donations at the time. Uh, but if you're listening again, you know, thanks very much for making those donations and um, for supporting those two funds. And I hope you enjoyed the gig. And my next live gig that I've got scheduled at the moment is not until the 26th of August, which is a Wednesday night. It'll be. Um, I'm not quite sure on the, the details for streaming it. It's being done through We Shall Overcome, which is a musicians. Uh, it's a solidarity network uh, organised by musicians, uh, socialist, lefty, progressive-minded musicians. And uh, I've done a few gigs for them, and we raise money for food banks. Uh, you know, local charities that are helping homeless people. Um, maybe, maybe I think there's been a couple of international solidarity gigs as well, and. Um, so they're organising a gig, We Shall Overcome are organising a gig, uh, a series of gigs actually, throughout August, every Wednesday in August, for musicians that have done uh, gigs for We Shall Overcome. Um, that's on the 26th of August. That'll be streamed, I think. Um, I'm not quite sure how it'll be streamed yet. Um, probably through the We Shall Overcome page, but I'm going to get, I'll get more details. And once I have details and all the other stuff, I'll post about it on social media. Uh, um, so keep an eye on my Facebook um, keep yeah Facebook Twitter and all that I'm just trying to think did I do another live gig after the first of May I did one for local charities in Falkirk uh, for the Mental Health um, Association uh, Falkirk Mental Health oh can't remember exactly it was like I think it's F-M-D-A-H are the initials so Falkirk Mental Health something I can't remember that's really bad um, so they're just around the corner from where I stay. So I did did a fundraiser for them on like the in the middle of June, um, and that was through a local COVID local charity COVID support uh, was the page I think. So you can head over to their page and check out that that gig. I might even post a, a link to the gig in my uh, in the sort of description for this SoundCloud if you want to go back and watch it. The SoundCloud for this podcast if you want to go back and watch that and. 
I've also written, I also have written and released a song during lockdown, um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that just now. Uh, so I, I wrote a song back in mid-May-ish time. I'd been reading a lot of like left-wing theory on art and sort of philosophy and culture and the world in general and um, I was reading Marx's The German Ideology I was reading that and his uh, there was a section in that on proper, private property and communism and I was reading that and that reminded me of a manuscript that Marx wrote in the 1840s um, and I went and had a read at that and I don't know what it was I don't want to sound all mystical but something about those readings and, and those books made me really want to write a song about the sort of content in it but like how I how what it's what the content of those books and those writings said to me and what how I responded to them and what what, what thoughts they were bringing to mind sort sort of thing um so I wrote a song uh it was originally going to be a poem actually because I don't know I just I, I wrote it down and thought that was quite good as a poem and then I came up with a chorus and I thought no this has got to be a song now so I started constructing it as a song and um, I was sort of piecing it together as I went it was almost like you know making a piece of furniture or something not that I really know what making a piece of furniture is like um, but it was like making a piece of furniture to, in my mind anyway and you know I started off with a with a with a lyrics with the, for the poem with a poem and that was like a, a, you know one part and then I thought this I've now got a chorus so that was like another part and I've now got some I've now got some chords so I started writing some chords and you know as I say it's piece by piece began constructing it and I had the song I had it written I had the lyrics I had a tune I had the chords and all that and I needed something to sort of cap it off and you know for like an outro and I was just going to do like a harmonica solo but the sort of rhythm of the song just wasn't really going to work for a harmonica solo I tried it, I didn't like it I sort of thought about fading out the last chorus, that didn't work um, so I then decided to sort of rejig it a bit and I've got I, I've probably mentioned before, I've got a guitar which I've tuned in Nashville tuning where the low, the top four strings all the low notes on the guitar, they're tuned an octave up um, and so you get like a sort of natural reverb sound from the guitar and um, so I added that in at the final chorus and I then threw in like a sort of guitar solo outro um, and I, I recorded one part an octave two different octaves to, to, to that as well and um, it turned out really well in my opinion uh, it certainly was, was better than harmonica solo and it was like a nicer um, way to conclude the song I felt than just thrashing in a harmonica solo kind of out of the blue that didn't really syncopate that would sorry would have been syncopated at best or not it would have gotten in the way of the the rest of the song and broken it up which you know when if I'm talking about making this like a piece of furniture you don't really want to break up your bit of furniture when you're trying to build it so um the guitar sort of solo outro thing um I, I thought worked really well and then I was just going to you know I got my my friend and fellow musician Jack Hinks who was on the podcast back in January or February episode 2 of the podcast and uh, go check that out we talk about Spider-Man and playing the guitar quite a lot um, so we I sent it to Jack and was like look I'm, I'm thinking about putting this out but I wasn't going to do much with it at first because as I say it started off as a poem and then it sort of began to morph and dwarf dwarf? morph into a song and um um, it just sort of expanded from there so I sent it to Jack and thought you know said what do you think of this and, and he, he liked it and so I sent him all the stems over he mastered it he sort of cut a, like a like a, a, an end to the song rather than just fading it all out he cut an end to the song and um, he yeah he cut and paste like a, a, an end to the song rather than just fade it out and we got um, a final a final song and I was really happy with it and I decided I was going to, you know, rather than just record it and sneak it out onto SoundCloud I'd, I'd put it, pretty much throw it everywhere um, and it's it's done a lot better than I expected 
um, and if and you know if you kind of want to put it in that way, uh, quantify it like that. Um, it's got well over two thousand streams. It's on its way to two and a half thousand streams on Spotify. Um, it's had a radio play on Amazing Radio, uh, Jim Gellatley's show. Um, it's been on Cam Glen Radio and a couple of different shows on over on that station. Um, it's been played on loads of other shows. I've actually lost track of the number of radio stations it's appeared on, um, which is great, you know. And I'm really thankful to everybody that's that's played it on their station, um, and everybody that's streamed it on Spotify, that's bought it on iTunes or Bandcamp, uh, played it on SoundCloud. Um, or wherever you get your music, you know, for something that started off as a poem for me, and was just a little sort of side project during, during lockdown, um, and came off the back of me, just sort of almost like a, you know, the poem was, itself was almost like a diary entry, uh, when you consider that it came from thoughts I had about reading Marxism, um, and you know, something that emerged from that and is now available wherever you are in the world um, and the response it's got I'm really grateful for it so thank you and a few of you have um, has, you've, it's appeared in your like your algorithmic playlist as well and some of you have sent me screenshots of that which is class um, so yeah thanks very much if you've uh, you know for supporting that song um, and supporting supporting me being a musician um, that's you know really sound of you um and and it's given me a bit of food for thought as well, you know how how do I approach music? Um, uh, uh, something I've been asking myself for a long time. I've been doing this for seven years. That's quite a long time in my life. Um, and you know, approaching how I do it, I've done like you know, I've I've done I've seen myself. There's been years where I've done well over three hundred gigs in a year. Uh, there's been years where I've done well over 300 gigs and put out an album. There's been years where I've done well over 300 gigs and put out a single. There's been years where I've done hardly not many gigs. I've done a few tours, and I, you know, I'm just trying to find what works for music and what works for for me with music. Um, sorry, what works for the music that I make, and then what works for me as a musician. And organising it remotely like that was quite um was quite good it was it's not as good as you know sitting in a studio with someone but it wasn't as restrictive as a as a, as I maybe thought it would have been before I'd started uh doing it that way um I kind of thought it might be a little bit difficult with you know you, you, you know what it's like sending an email and you're kind of like you're not wanting an answer immediately but you, it's better to get one as soon as you can and you're kind of like you have an idea and then the longer it takes for the person to get back to you you might change your mind or you might think you might not only change your mind but throw the whole project into doubt um and you but it wasn't like that that, those were some of the sort of preconceptions i had but it was it was great and working with jack who really gets my music um i think i think it's not too bold to say he likes my music um and you know he knows what would make it work what would add to it and what would take away from it if we overdid it um and so working remotely with Jack was perfect. Um, so hold on, there's just somebody walking past me. There's a, a couple of folk. I'm just going to pause it a second. Okay, they've gone. Um, so yeah, you could check that out. It's called The Stones of Tomorrow. I don't think I've mentioned the name. You can get it wherever you get your music, wherever you, whatever platform you use for listening to your music. Spotify, iTunes. It's on Bandcamp. Um, I think you could. I think you could. Oh, I've got a few of my songs on Bandcamp. Most of my singles, and I've put my best performance song on Spotify uh, from my album No Right Turn, The Everwilling Soldier, on Bandcamp as well. So there's like five or six songs up there, and I think you could pay whatever you like for them. Um, I can't remember, or maybe it's like a minimum of a pound or something. I don't quite remember. Um, but you can you can check it out there. Um, my website. I'll put the. I've got a smart link actually. I'll put the. Oh, pardon me. I took a sip of water then. Um, when when that family walked past me. Um, so yeah, I've got a smart link. What I'll do is I'll drop that into the description, and uh, you can grab the song wherever you listen to your tunes, your music. Uh, so that's the Stones of Tomorrow, and and you know once again thank you to everyone that's supported that song, and um, yeah, it's given me a, it's given me a bit of oh somebody just fell. Oh dear, uh, I think they're alright though. Running downhill and tripped. I kind of want, kind of want to laugh a little bit, but I'm worried they might hear me because it was quite amusing. Oh, somebody else did the same thing. That was funnier. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> Stop laughing, that's Shan. That's a shame, man. It was funny, though. <laughs> I don't think they can hear me, they're not looking over. Oh, man. Anyway, where was I? Yes. What, writing my music in that way and sort of looking at it like building building something, uh, you know, it allowed me to sort of control the production process rather than that controlling me and feeling like I have to turn this into a song and it has to be like this and it has to be like that otherwise it's you know I've failed as a as a human being and I might as well throw out all my guitars and I'm a failure sort of approaching it like as piece by piece and sort of build like you know building something uh, and not and sort of looking at going away from it for like an hour or two and coming back and thinking oh right okay so I've got that piece there. Maybe, I, maybe I try this. Oh, right, that doesn't work. Let's take that off. Let's add this on. Okay, that works. Still need something else. Ah, right. You know, doing it like that rather than in the past where I've felt like I've just I've had to write a song a certain way and I have to it has to fit a certain mould in my own mind and you know taking it and approaching it like like you would maybe make if you're a if you're a painter or if you're a photographer and you maybe take the picture one way and you think actually it look better with this with less exposure or look better in black and white or or I need to go and put a bit of contrast on that back home or something like that you know what I mean approaching it that way uh, it was new for me and um I don't know if I don't know about you if you're a musician listening to this if that sounds like something that you you do if that just sounds normal to you or if maybe that's something you've maybe you've been trying to write for some for a while and you've been trying to shoehorn yourself into a specific style whereas you know I found stepping back and albeit it's turned out like a, a song that I would write anyway do you know what I mean it's not like a I've written a song that sounds like I don't know, avant-garde, you know, um, open to interpretation type stuff. It's still sort of folk acoustic music that I would normally do, but I've done it, I I felt better doing it that way than feeling like I had to write the song uh, and I had to write it right now, which is the last few times I've written a song. It's kind of how I've approached it, which has taken it it away from me a little bit. And um, for me, I've got quite a, like... um, I don't know what the term is, but uh, I think it's not synesthesia, but it's like I really associate. I have I can really like associate memories and thoughts with like feelings and sounds and stuff. So sometimes I listen back to one of my songs and I'll remember like feeling quite anxious about that that verse and not being happy with it and but bashing on regardless because I had to write the song. Uh, whereas taking a step back and sort of build you know building the song as I went. Um, was help was helpful and uh, and healthy. Um, it maybe wouldn't work if you're like an artist on a on a record label and you've got to put out an album every year. You've got to write three albums in three years or something like that. Um, I don't know if it would work for you in that sense. But being an independent musician and just releasing a couple songs a year or one song a year, it's quite good to sort of. And I've written two or three songs since then, and they're not as they're not as good. Or not as, I don't know, maybe I'm being critical there but they're not as, I don't want to put them out or maybe it's too soon to be planning to put them out at this point in time but again I wrote them in that style of going away and coming back and I might even, when I play them to myself again or go to record them properly think I don't want to do it that way and start from scratch and it's, it's quite good if you're so that's kind of what I mean about approaching my music differently rather than squeezing out an album and doing hundreds of gigs every year um I might, I might just go about writing my music. Oh, that took me just to get out. I might go about writing my music slightly differently and looking at it like, you know, a painting or a piece of furniture or who knows, making a, making dinner, something like that. You know, doing it all in stages rather than one big lung burst. Um, so, yeah, if, let me know what you think if, as a musician in the comments uh, on, on whatever you're reading this reading this, listening to this, uh, it's on SoundCloud but if you're picking it up on Facebook or something you can even comment on SoundCloud too and let me know what you think about the um, about how you, or what you, how you approach songwriting and how you felt uh, writing during lockdown I've spoken to a few people who've, who've said they've loved the time, they've been able to like adapt their guitar style better or whatever instrument they play and others have said they found it really oppressive and feeling like they've got to do something and I think social media it's kind of bad for that um, when you see lots of people posting stuff and oh look how great I am and the new one that's come about as well TikTok ah uh, 
that that uh, that's a recipe for disaster like you really have to have a very high i think very high level of self-esteem to be on tiktok uh because i can just see there's a lot of creativity and a lot of talent and a lot of like personality on tiktok and that's fine um but if you if you're somebody who finds that you ha- if you've somebody who feels the finds the production process oppressive and feels like you have to be doing something and if you go on instagram and see everybody with like a a quality of life that you you don't necessarily have at that moment in time I yeah I can totally sympathize with that and I've probably felt like that myself at some point and just not really noticed it or or it's been bound up in like other negative emotions I've had towards something else um so but yeah let me know what you think about about that that sort of approach to songwriting and um if you've got like another idea that I should maybe try or or you know you've another way of writing songs that you think would be quite effective um let me know uh and um yeah don't be afraid to to get in touch if you want a bit more information about my writing process um in the past i've probably been quite protective about it i don't know why but now i'm not all that bothered which is quite liberating um i'm quite happy to share share songs um share ideas about writing songs and um uh yeah let me know uh if, if that's something you'd be interested in talking about if you're a musician or even if you're just a fan of music and you want to know a bit more about you know for me I've been watching I um been over the, a couple of weeks ago I've been watching the over the last couple of weeks I've been watching the three Lord of the Rings films and then after that I've been watching the special features and it's been quite interesting to see how they construct the film and all my favorite scenes seeing how they're put together and when you break them all down it's so simple and I really love to sit and speak with a film creator or director and talk about that a bit more and how they construct these things to make the blockbusters that you see or not even a blockbuster, maybe just like a short film that you can watch on YouTube that looks so well put together but then when you see it in its separate parts you think, oh, that's like really simple or that's actually really clever and you, the, when you see it as a whole, the, the cleverness kind of blends into the background um, so maybe if you listen to music and you want to know a little bit more about songwriting, let me, uh, get in touch and I'll be happy to talk to you about it um, anytime. Uh, I've got all the time in the world right now because of lockdown. We're still technically in lockdown, I believe, although it's re- relaxing a bit where we are in Scotland. Um, so I think that's as much as I've got to say on music at the moment and the sort of songwriting process I think in the last podcast I talked about the songwriting process as well, I'm sure I got asked about that uh, and a question about that Um, so I hope you're all well as well, I should have said that at the start you know, Covid's still going on I hope that the um, the impact it's had on you hasn't been too serious, I hope you've kept your health and I hope you've not lost anyone to the virus or that you've not had anyone affected by the virus that's just worried you or maybe still does worry you um so i hope you're well i hope if you're going out you're going back to work or you're you're going out and about that you you know take all the precautions follow the government advice um as much as you can and you know think about yourself and think about other people as well um i think i think if you've seen a few posts on social media that have been quite angry and cross about the government's response to COVID in this country and most places as well. I think the whole of the Western world has been caught off guard with this and has been totally unprepared for it. And I think our arrogance and our hubris and the sort of colonial and imperial mentalities that are really imbued in our society, particularly in our leaderships, um, our leader individual leadership, have been um, really exposed. Um, and the arrogance... That that un- that underpins them has been really exposed to this, and I think there's been a lot of anger as well to the people rushing out to go back to beaches or people going to local parks and leaving rubbish behind and just sort of losing a sense of themselves a little bit uh, or their collective selves and just um, so you know if you're going out about. Um, you know, with things like a virus, you kind of have to think about not necessarily think about yourself, but think about not spreading it to other people. And I think that's really difficult because in the UK, for the last 40 years, this country has been covered on the ideology of um, Thatcher 
of uh, there's no such thing as society and that's really sold in, in a lot of different places of society society in the family, the individual corporations, you know, lots of different parts of society that's so, sown a lot of really divisive individualities really um, a lack of awareness for other people and I think that's kind of come being exposed as well a little bit with the virus, with the lockdown restrictions being relaxed a little bit I think that's kind of been exposed um, a little bit, that the fallacy of the falsehood, sorry, of that um, of that ideology of Thatcherism and I think we still, we're still trying to reconcile with that that ideology and that threat to a sense of everybody working together it was kind of there, here and there throughout, throughout the, the lockdown, uh, when it was at its worst um, but I mean the government in this country really did I mean there'll be lots of recriminations and I'm sure I'll come back to this in podcast in the future so I won't go into it too much but I feel like the government's handling in the UK of the strategy can be summed up in the fact that they took it that seriously they caught it themselves and um, I think we really need to have a discussion about how we as a society uh, relate to one another. There's been great examples, but there's also been negative examples, and we really need to have a discussion about how we can make those great examples more part of the norm, and try to, you know, limit our tendencies to be over exuberant. You know, I, I read about people travelling from Birmingham to Bournemouth to go and bask in the sun. I mean, get a grip. And then you've got people in Edinburgh and Glasgow going to the local park and turning it into a dump leaving the rubbish behind and not thinking about and being antisocial and confrontational with other people and I think we need to have a, a, a think as a society about how we better organise ourselves and prepare for disasters on the one hand but also how we can be kinder to people when those disasters pass or in between those disasters because disasters happen don't they um, and I think that's food for thought Another 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 portion of food for thought is that we in the UK have got the the worst death toll in Europe, and we're supposed to be one of the most advanced economies in the world. Yet over in Vietnam, they've recorded fewer than a thousand cases. The last I checked, and they've had zero deaths. Um, and they even managed to save the life of a British man, uh, which was, I read that in the BBC a couple of weeks ago. Uh, um, and I think the, that's you know in the, the east, in the eastern countries, they have a more uh, collective psychology, whereas I think in the west we have a more individual psychology. And I think we need to have a discussion about that as a society. And it won't be easy, and it won't happen overnight. Um, but I think we need to think about that. Um, that's my two cents on the COVID thing, but I hope you're all well, and I hope you you've not lost anybody or you've not suffered the virus. Um, and I, and I hope that we can continue on the path of recovery from it, easing the lockdown, and um, and then we have to have an almighty discussion about the economy. Um, I think the Europe's economy is already on was already in a pretty delicate position with the debt crisis of just a few years ago, and the UK is obviously in quite a tentative position with uh, low economic growth, low productivity, and the small problem of Brexit, and then the globe as well with the problem of climate change. Which, if we don't deal with that in the next ten to fifteen years, ten is probably an, an optimistic um, view. If we don't deal with that in the next ten years we're going to have a lot of trouble. The valley I'm looking at is probably going to be flooded. Um, certainly I've seen a map of what parts of Edinburgh will look like around about Leith in 2030 and where I used to stay in Leith will be underwater. And that's just in 10 years' time. And, you know, I'm sitting here just now talking about oh, I used to come and play football here 10 years ago and there's not been much change. They've put a path in that wasn't here before in the park but, you know, in 10 years from now there could be massive, drastic change and uh, I don't think we're talking about that enough, if at all. We're not. It's almost like a problem for tomorrow, um, and just sort of back healing it. And um, I don't think that's good enough. So we need to prepare ourselves for that. And, and um, it's not going to be easy. And certainly from my, my own point of view, there's been times, and this is another reason I've not wanted to do the podcast because I've kind of just felt really negative about the future. 
personally and collectively and um, today's one of those days where it's not bothering me so much I think the, the nicer weather um, I went to Hobbycraft today and I bought some new paints so I'm going to go home and do a bit of painting today I think the weather's to be terrible tomorrow as ever the case in Scotland a nice warm sunny day and then interrupted by howling wind and rain so I think tomorrow I'll do some painting um, I've been doing a bit of painting lately um, I got for my birthday I got watercolour pencils and you basically just colour in whatever you draw and then you wet a brush and you, you go over the, the, the colour and it turns to paint ah bloody bee just in my face uh, it turns to paint so I did a, I've done a few paintings um, in the last few weeks and that's been it's been nice I did one on Sunday there and it was quite frustrating because I was trying to draw steps up to a house and I could not get my dimensions right oh hold on there's a couple of dogs they've gone they were big Labrador things I'm not a fan of dogs they I, I don't trust them and I don't trust dog owners either dog owners seem to think that some dog owners anyway this is my opinion seem to think that because they love their dog everybody's got to love their dog and I, I don't trust don't trust dogs and I don't trust their owners um, and they were big dogs and they came bounding towards me and uh, were, were creeping me out um, so yeah I was trying to do steps up to a house and I couldn't get my perspectives right and I've managed to get it I, I got it in the end I think but when I went over it in pen I totally knackered it and it, all my steps are a bit squint looking if you zoom into the picture um, so that's up on my Instagram I uh, posted that on, no I didn't post it in my story I posted it in, in my, on my timeline and you can see it there it's like a sort of orangey sunset and um, I, I'm not, I've not really got like a like a plan for my paintings uh, or my drawings when I sketch stuff out I kind of just feel like it's not like I'm in a state of flow I just kind of like I stumble across something and, and I feel like I need to give myself a bit more direction with what I want to what I draw and what I paint and that's not to say that I want to make all my paintings political like I make my music political or social um, about social things but I kind of feel like I need to have a think about what it is I want to do and um, and, and, and also not I, I, I honestly when I was at school could not paint or draw very well um, the best thing I ever drew I think I've mentioned this before was a comic book and I handed it into my teacher and she pretended she pretended she liked it and I never saw it again uh, I had a bad relationship with that teacher and I generally think that any time I showed any creativity she tried to stamp it out um, and, and um, I, w I wasn't very good at painting I didn't really see the point I just wanted to go out and play football or play my PlayStation, or pretend I was a Jedi in Star Wars running around with a lightsaber, like a genuinely last thing I wanted to do was painting. And sometimes when I paint, all those like negative feelings come back, you know, when I'm sort of forcing myself to do the painting. Um, so I need to sort of like back off a little bit with that, and um, also not expect so much, you know, I'm not going to squeeze out a Picasso in just because I've picked up a pen, and a, bit, a pencil and a bit of paper. It doesn't work like that. Um, so if you're a painter, or, or you've taken up painting, and you've, you know, what, 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 how do you approach it? What, what, what are your emotions when you're painting? What do you think about when you paint? Are you just painting to pass the time? Are you painting to, you know, to to create something? Are you trying to create something, maybe with a view to selling it, or putting it up, or giving it as gifts to somebody? Um, yeah, just let me know, um, or or if, if you want, and get get in touch, and um, give me, we can talk, and we can give each other advice about how we approach things I'd, I'd yeah if you've especially if you've like gone through that process of like I can't do this but I have to force myself to do this um and and when I do it I'm actually gener generally quite pleased with what what I turn out um all things considered I only started drawing back in February so I've not even been drawn a year and I've done quite a few pictures and sketches and paintings and I'm, gen I'm generally on the whole quite pleased with how it's turned out so um, yeah but get in touch if you want to and we can talk about painting oh excuse me it's getting a bit it's clouded over and I'm concerned it's going to start raining I've got my sunglasses on still oh that cloud's not as dark as it looks with my sunglasses on I'm talking nonsense um, what else have I been doing what else can we should I discuss I think maybe uh, oh a couple other things I want to talk about um, quickly want to mention the Black Lives Matter movement and it is a movement not a moment 
that's been going on um, in the last well it's been going on for a long time the last few years at least but the, the, the civil rights movement and the black um, black rights movement has been going on since before I was even on this planet but the, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, how, what's the phrase I'm looking for came, re-emerged uh, again or certainly there's police killings, police brutality towards black people in the US in particular all the time um, but this, the death of George Floyd, this latest um, death that sparked a global movement um, has really I think just in, as well in the context of Covid where BAME people are, are suffering the most, they're dying the most there's, they're, they're overrepresented in the deaths um, the fact that the BAME people um, make up a large proportion of the workforce in the sort of key sectors of the economy and BAME people, black people in particular are still subjected in the US and, and in the UK and, and you know in former colonial, all over the world but in particular the West former colonial and imperialist countries um, they are subject to the worst cases, of some of the worst cases of racism and the, the, the murder of George Floyd is um, is just another example of just how um, how so how how dangerous it can be to be a black person sometimes, and that's just a horrific sentence to say. Um, and I, and I'm not going to sit here and agonise over it and give my two cents because I do have opinions on it, and I support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, people like Angela Davis are I'm, I'm not going to say uh, idols of mine or anything like that, but I generally and genuinely look up to Angela Davis as somebody who should be aspired to. It. I, at moments like this, but in, also I've read a few of her books, I've watched her speeches, I've seen interviews with her throughout the years, And but in moments like this, I generally, the first thing I think is, what is Angela Davis saying? Um, and that's not a bad thing to say in any time, what is Angela Davis's opinion on this XYZ issue? Um, so I generally have been listening to Angela Davis, to, to I've been trying to follow as much as possible, um, the accounts and t- stories and ideas and thoughts of, of black people, black activists, how they feel, what their emotions are um, right now and um, what actions they're taking to to raise awareness, to defend their communities and to get racial equality. Um, if you're living in the UK, I'd recommend you look up on BBC iPlayer or if you can throw up a VPN, I'd recommend you look up on BBC iPlayer um, it's called Arena, and it's called I Am Not Your Negro, and it's uh, it's all about James Baldwin, the black writer, and generally all-round intellectual. Excuse me a second, I'm just going to pause this while I put on my hoodie, because there's a breeze going up, and I'm shivering here, so hang on, I'm, I'm sorry to do this, just a second. Yeah, got my hoodie on. Um, so check out Arena. I am not your Negro, and it's James Baldwin, and it's Samuel L. Jackson narrates it, and it's excerpts from his diary throughout the civil rights movement in the sixties. Um, and, and check it out. I'm not going to say too much about it because I think you should just watch it and let it speak for itself. And he makes some amazing points. And you know, he says things like, "For black people, the word wait almost always means never." Um, excuse me, a second. More people coming past. Yeah. Sorry about that. James Baldwin, he says, um, for black people, the word wait almost always means never. Um, and, you know, that when he said that, that he said that in the 60s, and he said that after 400 years of slavery, and, you know, here we are, almost you know, the better part of 100 years on from, from, from then, and we're still that's still the case for black people the word wait the word it will be okay the you know the it will be okay if you the next the next president will sort it out for you you know they've been hearing that black people have been hearing that their whole lives and it's quite um it's quite humbling when you think about it that way and i think something else as well there was a um there was a video i saw uh back when uh, when it, when it all 
sparked again um, and there was a black man speaking and he said that white people well you didn't say this as such but basically you know white people can trace their ancestry back and there's every chance they will not find a slave in their ancestry but a black person particularly living in the west um, or anywhere in the world perhaps can trace their history and will probably find more than one slave and and I think that's when we say black lives matter I think that's that those two phrases the word wait almost always means never and the 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 fact that if you trace your family lineage heritage ancestry and you're you're black you're almost def, you're almost guaranteed to find more than one slave in your history of your family and for me that's what this I think that's a very powerful idea two very powerful thoughts so check out uh, the Arena programme on BBC iPlayer if you're in the UK and Netflix Netflix is garbage pretty much all the time um, you occasionally get a couple of gems but most of the time it's just frustrating and there's normally nothing worth watching on the telly and you go to watch Netflix and there's just stuff on there that doesn't interest you either but they have set up a almost like a playlist of Black Lives Matter documentaries you can watch and I've watched uh, I've watched three of them I watched the 13th um, which is about the 13th amendment of the US constitution which basically says slavery is allowed if they're a prisoner if the person that's if the person that's been subjected to slavery is a prisoner I've watched the documentary about Khalif Browder who was arrested on suspicion of stealing a backpack and his family couldn't post bail uh, so he spent three years in a brutal prison uh, and when he came out of prison he couldn't he more or less couldn't cope and he took his own life um, and I've, I, I'm still watching the documentary about Malcolm X and who killed Malcolm X which is like a seven or eight part series I think or maybe more six, maybe six, I can't quite remember but I'm on episode four so I'm still working my way through that um, so go and check those documentaries out I'd recommend them sorry I had to cut off there again I'm really enjoying being outside doing this podcast because it's nice, the sun's on my face right now my leg was getting roasted earlier my neck was getting a bit warm you know the swallows are still going I mean that was about an hour ago I pointed them out and they're still ducking and diving um, but you get the occasional person and you know I, I don't want to have them in the podcast, I don't like them staring at me when I'm doing this uh, and trying to listen to what I'm saying um, and they're taking forever to move past um, as well and it's just frustrating but anyway back to the Black Lives Matter go and check out those documentaries on Netflix and if you're in the UK check out the Arena documentary I Am Not Your Negro um, and one final thing I want to say uh, is about the arts movement in the UK well, around the world it's on its arse um, theatres, venue, music venues, pubs, clubs restaurants were the first places to close and the music venues and theatres are the last places to reopen and the, the UK art scene for the last couple of weeks was pretty desperate, I mean there was a few something like 90% of music venues were were going to close because of this um, and there was a desperate bid to get the, for the government to do something, all the other countries were were coming forward with, with a plan, with a programme for funding, for, I mean France have, France have uh, given funding to venues and they're also paying wages of uh, I think of theatres that have you know uh, cast on their books, um, and the UK government was not really doing much. The furlough scheme didn't really touch many of these art- artists. A lot of artists in the UK are freelance, so they and they you had to have all sorts of evidence to to claim uh, the self-employed support scheme, and and um, it was it's been really tentative for a lot of people and a lot of businesses. Um, but the government last night, so Monday the 5th of July, or Sunday the 5th of July, uh, they came forward and uh, they're going to invest nearly $1.6 billion into the arts community. Uh, and we'll see how far that goes, if that's just to, to save a few venues. Oh man, the breeze is coming. If that's just to save a few venues, or if it's to bail 
if it's going to bail out um, the whole ecology and and give that some much needed life support uh, and funding and assistance and and you know fair play to the government you know I criticised them earlier but they've they seem to have listened to music venues uh, music venues trust the musicians union other associations that support musicians and they seem to have come up with a package that most people are happy with it's just a case of how that breaks down and how it's spread um, throughout the um, throughout the sector but in the meantime if you're in a position to um, find your local theatre or the last theatre you went to or if you're a, a regular goer to theatres find out if they've got a charity donation page a charity donation button or anything like that where they're taking funding or they're raising funds and chuck them a few quid and give them some support and if there's a musician you like or a painter you like or an artist or a photographer find out if they've got a Patreon page or a PayPal and give them some cash um, you know the arts are, are vital um, and uh, hold on a minute more folk um, the arts are vital and the, the the arts and culture sector in the UK is worth billions, it's worth more to the economy than agriculture is in the UK um, but you know even just sort of philosophically you know artists um, they've got the power to change ideas they can shift and shape discussion um, they can connect with us they, they display all that makes us human you know the ability to write, paint, sing play an instrument, dance even to talk um, you know, it's core to our survival um, core to what we do and um, what we do as humans and it's, it really is what sets us apart um, from other animals and other, and other species that exist and have existed and our ability, you know as Frederick Engels says, the, uh, a friend of Marx, he says no simian hand could paint the Mona Lisa so in other words no ape, no primate could paint or could, could, could do art and that's a vital part of our human essence so go and support your local artist if you if you've found this um, podcast to be of interest, um, and you want to support, you want to support me. Frankly, <laughs> my Patreon page is patreon.com forward slash Callum Baird Songs. Uh, you can make a donation there, a monthly donation of three pounds a month. Um, I do podcasts. I also do music. I do gigs. Um, I've started painting and you get a few kickbacks uh, if you're a patron of my music or my work so um, head over there patreon.com forward slash Callum Baird songs um, and find out if you know if there's a musician that you know in your stair on your street uh, find out if they've got anywhere any way of rece- receiving funding or donations and um, you know, give them a hand, and we'll wait and see what the government breakdown is. We'll wait and find out how, what impact that will have for the Scottish government and Wales, and um, we'll wait and see how far it goes. Um, I'd really like to hope that that will keep music venues open and see them through until they're able to reopen again properly and and welcome people back. Um, but we just see, you know, um, this government are very hard to trust and believe on most things and um, some of what they've pledged and some of what they've said to do you know in PPE for example they pledged to do all these wonderful things and it never came to pass and people have died in the healthcare service because of it Um, so the words are hard to trust we'll just say but I hope that they've listened to the people like the musicians union, artists unions and music venues trust and they've got this right I think I'm going to go now um I think that's the end of this podcast. That's been about an hour. And I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope you found it interesting. If there's anything that you that was discussed that you want to hear more about or that you want to talk to me more about, send me a message, pop a comment in the SoundCloud. And, um, yeah, uh, I'll see. speak to you next time. I don't know when I'll next do another one. Um, it depends how long I can... Uh, I'll probably do one next week I think I've got more to say but I think an hour is a healthy time for a podcast I don't want to go on too much um, I maybe post links to those um, documentaries I was telling you about 
there's a guy going about on his bike uh, he's cycling up and down hills on his mountain bike you could probably hear him a couple of times uh, I'll maybe post links to those podcasts in the uh, description for this for these podcasts, for those documentaries in the description for this podcast um, so thank you very much for tuning in take care of yourselves please continue to practice social distancing as much as possible look out for yourself, look out for other people and um, be kind as always, as I'm sure you are uh, okay as Bob Ross would say, God bless I don't believe in God why am I saying God bless? Well, whatever. Take care of yourself. Okay, folks? Thank you for listening. Cheers.